What's good, y'all? You're listening to Code Switch. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shereen Marisol Maraji. Welcome back, homie. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. It's so good to see you. We're in the same studio. Yes, we're actually looking into each other's eyes. We've never actually been in the same (laughs) studio before. I know. We haven't done that. So, yes, this is the first time we're we're standing up. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get a visual of Mm -hmm. that. Shereen is doing the running man. Yes, I'm doing the running man as we speak. I'm gesticulating wildly like a Puerto Rican. (laughs) Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Is it? (laughs) Yes. Puerto Rico. Anyway. So you were on this report. I show. was. You were, I want to know everything. Well, Jean, I want to start this off with a question first. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a question that I get asked all the time. I don't know about you. I know a ton of our listeners get asked this question. Mm-hmm. And it is, what are you? But don't you tell us every episode? <laughs> I know. Why do people ask me? <laughs> but, I mean, you could pass for so many things. Yeah, know, well, whatever. But, mm-hmm. it, yes, I am Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and I'm Iranian. Mm-hmm. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, what are you? I'd be chilling in my beach house in Vieque, Puerto Rico, where half my family's from, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, doing the running man in studio with you right here. No offense. I mean, none taken. I would rather be in Vegas too. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Right now. Anyway, I'm sure one of the most famous Puerto Ricans at this very moment, Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. would co-sign on this. My family's from Puerto Rico, the tropical destination, where you can spend your Washingtons, the spot where you vacation, a commonwealth with not a lot of wealth and not quite nation. Lin-Manuel Miranda performed that on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Uh, that was a while back. And just like Lin-Manuel, my mom's from the commonwealth with not a lot of wealth and not quite nation, Gene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, But Puerto Ricans are American citizens. I didn't know that. (laughs) Good job. And we got that citizenship 100 years ago this very week with something called the Jones Act. I did not know that. Here's another fact. There are 5 million Puerto Ricans living stateside. Mm -hmm. That's over a million more than are on the island. So on this episode, we're taking the opportunity to talk about Puerto Rican identity. What are we? Americans? Are we Puerto Ricans? Both? As we love to say on Code Switch... It's complicated. In Puerto Rico, you don't get the same minimum wage. You don't have the same access to federal funding. Mm. You can fight in American wars, but you can't vote for president. I didn't know that. Yes. Hmm. And most of the news headlines out of Puerto Rico right now are about the debt crisis there. The island of Puerto Rico is many things, a tropical paradise and an economic mess. The U.S. territory has been caught in a fiscal crisis. The economy has been shrinking. Puerto Rico has lost a quarter million jobs. Hundreds of thousands of people have left. Protesters in Puerto Rico taking to the streets, denouncing new federal control over the island's finances. Puerto Rico's billions of dollars in debt, Gene, but its elected officials can't declare bankruptcy. That takes an act of the U.S. Congress. Right. And because of this economic crisis you're talking about right now, there's been this massive migration of Puerto Ricans from the island to the mainland. I don't know if people know this, but we're the second largest Latino demographic behind Mexicans. Blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) But, Gene, we're not immigrants. Right. We're migrants. We're Spanish and English, or a lot of people told me Spanglish. They feel most comfortable in Spanglish. We're hip-hop and we're salsa. Anyway, I went to Western Massachusetts to ask Puerto Ricans to talk me through the conundrum of being Americans and Puerto Ricans. You know, when you said you were going to Holyoke, I I didn't quite understand, because why not go to New York City 
or right. Orlando or someplace with like an established, well-known Puerto Rican. Because community. that's too obvious, Gene. It's a little on the nose, yeah. I want to surprise people. Okay. And here's the surprise. According to the 2010 census, Holyoke, Massachusetts, the birthplace of volleyball. <laughs> what a random piece of trivia. <laughs> is also home to the highest per capita percentage of Puerto Ricans in the United States. Okay. A huge wave came in the 60s and 70s looking for work. They're surrounding tobacco farms. There was factory work in the cities. And there's just been this back and forth migration to Holyoke since from Puerto Rico to Holyoke. Miriam Quinones, she grew up in poverty in Puerto Rico and wanted a different life for her newborn baby girl. She knew people who went to Holyoke. Okay. So she went there too in 1989. And the closer we got to the city, the more buildings and factories and closed buildings and rundown buildings. And I was in shock. That was not what I was expecting. It wasn't what she was expecting, Jean, but Medium stayed. She got a factory job making plastic packaging for tools. She put herself through college. And today, she runs the Multicultural Academic Services Program at Holyoke Community College. Mm -hmm. And she told me she had access to so many more opportunities in Holyoke than she did in Puerto Rico. That she loves this city where she raised her two daughters, the city where she lives her life with her wife in her beautiful row house that she owns. You're talking about having more opportunities here in the States, how your quality of life is better here. Even though you go back to Puerto Rico, you can't quite picture the same, having the same life there. Um, And since this is about the Jones Act, do you think the Jones Act and American citizenship benefited you? I don't know. I I really don't know where would it be of Puerto Rico if we weren't citizens. It's really tough to, to, to picture but it's a bittersweet thought. Do you feel American? Man, you're hitting hard. (laughs) Oh, I plead the fifth? (laughs) No. Oh, man. Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. We are going to Holyoke to explore what that sometimes means. All right, let's do it. After the break. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Ben & Jerry's, a B Corp committed to using the power of business to advance progressive social change. Since the company's earliest days, Ben & Jerry's has been about a lot more than just euphoric ice cream. Today, they believe that dialogue can bridge differences, promoting a more just and equitable future for all. Join Ben & Jerry's on a journey to better understand issues of race in America and get involved at benjerry.com slash racial justice. So, Shireen. Yes, Jean. Let's go. I'm ready to start this trip with you into Puerto Rican identity through small town America. So welcome to Holyoke. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God, I'm like nervous, excited, but happy. My Boricuanes, you know? I'll feel right at home. Yes, okay, perfect. Nelson Roman is the first person I meet up with in Holyoke. Picture a really hyper, really huggable Puerto Rican teddy bear. As soon as I arrive, he's driving me through South Holyoke in his beat-up Nissan, Uber sticker on the front windshield, Santeria beads hanging from his rearview mirror. I'm only one or two ceremonies away from full Santero. My life is so busy, so I don't have the time. I'm surprised he had any time for me. Nelson has 
three jobs. Uber driver, a volunteer coordinator at a soup kitchen, and the job most germane to this story, Holyoke City Council member. A job that keeps his phone ringing constantly. Look at that, look at that. Oh, sorry, come by me, so. It's one of the fire victims, I gotta answer. Okay. Hold on a second. Aida, mami, como esta? Nelson's 29, and he reps Ward 2 in Holyoke. His constituency is nearly all Puerto Rican, and the median income is around $14,000 a year. This is his first term in office, and he loves to say he's got nothing to hide, and that's how he ran his campaign, and won. He told everyone he was gay, HIV positive, formerly homeless, and a proud Puerto Rican. Not necessarily in that order. Right now, Nelson Roman's on the phone with one of his constituents, a victim of an apartment fire, hoping to find temporary housing. She's worried she's going to end up on the streets. And as they're talking and we're driving, I'm looking out the passenger side window onto piles of snow and giant red brick factory buildings that are empty. And I can't imagine sleeping on the streets here in the freezing cold. This neighborhood is like the exact opposite of Puerto Rico. But to the effervescently positive Nelson... To me, it's the center of the universe because of the Puerto Rican diaspora. I'm devastated we're going to lose that number one title to Florida. Um, <laughs> Very soon in the 2020 census. 20, oh my God, you don't even know. I want If I could do an ad campaign, Boricuas, come to Holyoke, I would. Um, but we're losing it. Look, we have so many beautiful domino clubs and, and associations here in Holyoke. It's beautiful. And who was that baseball player on the side of Perfecto that? Clemente, como oh, no, Perfecto my God. As we're driving around, Nelson points to all the things he loves about this place. Things that to him, represent the resilience of Puerto Ricans who came looking for opportunity, but found low-wage work, segregated schools, and discrimination. He points to the beautiful domino clubs where old guys talk smack and spanglish while smacking down dominoes. He drives me down a beautiful block with dilapidated brick row houses painted in tropical colors, and he stops the car in front of a faded but beautiful mural made by Puerto Rican kids years ago. This mural to the right is the Alcoides mural. They painted this mural, that Puerto Rican flag that's to the left. It's super long. It used to be a Puerto Rican and U.S. flag. The Puerto Rican flag started and it blended into the U.S. flag. The then mayor at the time came down and made this a campaign political issue and made a huge stink and got the news to say that the Puerto Ricans were trying to dominate the U.S. And so the kids were heartbroken. They just painted over the U.S. flag. It's now 100% the Puerto Rican flag. But think about that narrative, you know, in the Jones Act. So you come here to the U.S., you think you're a U.S. citizen, you have kids who are now in the neighborhoods, who are here, trying to integrate, trying to become part of the community and culture, and you're being shot down saying you're trying to overtake the U.S. or dominate? Like, how are you as a kid growing up supposed to feel? Un-American is the first word that comes to my mind. Domestic, yet foreign. From neither here nor there, but forced to choose sides. My name is Sofia Rivera. I am originally from Guaynabo, Puerto Rico. I'm currently a junior at Manholio College. Mount Holyoke College is in a tree-lined suburb right next to Holyoke. It's a women's college, one of the Seven Sisters, founded decades before Puerto Ricans got American citizenship. And I'm here in a grand old room in a grand old building with cathedral ceilings talking to Sophia. She totally fits the part of that East Coast university student with her fly winter boots, clear hipster glasses, and a sensible yet stylish bob. I have to admit, this scene is in stark contrast to my tour through Holyoke with Nelson. And Nelson and Sofia are different in so many ways. Sofia grew up in Puerto Rico and went to private school there. Nelson grew up in the States. 
was homeless in Holyoke and has only been to the island five times. But they're both here in western Massachusetts, thanks in part to the Jones Act. First, what do you know about the Jones Act? Uh, what don't I know? Um, it's what gave Puerto Ricans citizenship. I don't know. What are your feelings about that as a Puerto Rican who grew up in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. which is very different than my experience as a yeah. Puerto Rican who grew up in the United States? Um, being American was always there, but it wasn't the first thing you thought about yourself. And more as now as a student here in the United States, um, kind of experiencing more of that American identity. Mm-hmm. You know, back in Puerto Rico, I'm white, you know, and I have this white privilege. And I think a lot of people back home, they don't know how Puerto Ricans are treated here and how we are seen and how we're not going to be treated the same way as we are back home. And you've seen that here? Yeah. Being here. I mean, tell me, like, give me some examples of where it's been, like, really eye-opening for you. You know, in the street, I've had people, I've been calling my mom, and I talk to her in Spanish, of course, and people ask me that coded word, where are you from? And I say, oh, I'm from Puerto Rico. And, like, the changing of the visage of people and their perceptions of me afterward, it makes me feel really bad. Like, it, it makes you feel less. And coming here and being racialized and being put as a person of color, but never having the experience of living as a person of color firsthand and being raised as a person of color and being marginalized. It's hard having to take your own prejudices and recognize that you had a privilege and now you don't. Sophia's girding herself for a life in the States as a person of color because she can't imagine herself surviving the economic crisis in Puerto Rico. If I go back home to work, my minimum wage will be four twenty-five an hour. We're fighting for 15 I'm fighting for $7. You know, neither of the two places are easy to live. Just because it's an island, it's not paradise, and just because they're living the statehood, the American dream, doesn't mean it's, it's actually a dream. A foot in both worlds it makes me much more empathetic of both narratives. I made my way back to the city center to talk to another person who gets both narratives. It is freezing here, and I am headed to City Hall, where I'm going to talk to Marcos Marrero, who does economic development here. Marcos grew up in Puerto Rico, lived there through undergrad, and now he's here with his wife and baby boy making a life in Holyoke. <coughs> Hi, I'm Shireen. Am I allowed to shake your hand? Well, I get, let's do fist bump so you don't get... Yeah. So you don't get uh... Marcos blamed his kid for the cough. I blame the snow because, honestly, Puerto Ricans are not supposed to be living in the snow. Anyway... Marcos has been pushing some redevelopment projects that have some folks on edge. They're nervous that redevelopment is going to lead to gentrification in the Puerto Rican neighborhoods. Neighborhoods like the one Holyoke City Council member Nelson Roman represents. So my stance has been, I don't see the evidence of gentrification as of yet. Is it a threat? Absolutely. And it's something that we have to be mindful of as we craft policy going forward. He says he wants to make Holyoke a place that's also attractive to middle-class Puerto Ricans like himself, so they're not going to feel the need to move to the other side of the tofu curtain. Yeah, you heard that right. The tofu curtain. It's the metaphorical wall that separates the white liberal college towns from the browner and poorer cities like Holyoke and Springfield. 
And as if on cue, the very polished and professorial Marrero brings our conversation about displacement and gentrification right back to the Jones Act and the conundrum it created for Puerto Ricans. Ultimately, whether we're talking about Puerto Ricans in the States or Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico, we need a place to call home. What belongs to us? I mean, that's at the core of all this, right? We emanate from an island. We call it our home, but it's not ours. It is the property of the United States. We have citizenship based on the Jones Act, which allows us the freedom to migrate to the United States without barriers, right? We can legally work here. Yet, so many of us come here, and what we've seen throughout history is that we've been excluded, marginalized, oppressed. And even when we do create those communities for all its flaws, whether it's low income, whether it's blight, whatever the condition may be, then when they're, they're improved and revitalized, then the threat is of being pushed out and excluded and marginalized again. So the question remains, what is our home? Where do we belong? Where do we belong? In the States or on the island? On which side of the tofu curtain even? The side where you can get arroz con habichuelas and pernil every day of the week? Or the side where crispy pork skin is rarely on a restaurant menu? I left Holyoke to visit someone who lives on the other side of the tofu curtain. She's from a very prominent family back in Puerto Rico. And when I called her to set up the interview, over the phone she jokingly referred to herself as a wise Latina. And at this point in my journey, I'm seriously craving a wise Latina's perspective. My name is Natalia Muñoz, and I'm a multimedia journalist, bilingual and bicultural. I am also the granddaughter of Puerto Rico's first elected governor, Luis Muñoz Marín. What are you doing in this part of the world? I am part of the diaspora. I'm here because there is no work in my homeland. I would love to be back in Puerto Rico. And I'm, I'm not talking about whether, you know, it snows here. I'm not one of those people who says, oh, it's so cold. You know, in the mountains of Puerto Rico, it can get cold also. It's not weather, it's culture. I miss being in my language, in my food, in my weather, in my political mess, in my educational mess. I'm in, I feel that I'm in somebody else's mess. Mm-hmm. I've been dragged into. Do you consider yourself American? No, I've never considered myself American. I am an American citizen. I am Puerto Rican and I have American citizenship. Mm-hmm. I have tremendous privilege having that document over someone who has crossed the desert from wherever they came in Mexico or Latin America or Central America. And I treasure it. But it's a very complicated feeling. I am a descendant of people who were conquered. Not once, but twice. Uh, First by the Spaniards, we were under their rule for about 400 years, and then under the Americans after the 1898 Spanish-American War. And sometimes I'm an angry Puerto Rican, and and sometimes I'm a grateful Puerto Rican. It's a very difficult relationship that I have with the United States because nobody asked us. They didn't ask us in este, when the Jones Act was being written, do you guys in, in Puerto Rico, do you want to be American citizens? Because, you know, we're just offering it. And it's like, no. So este, being in the diaspora, it's a painful experience. That's, I think, the bottom line. This is a lifelong painful experience. It's a heartbreaking experience that we live with every single day. So far and yet so close to home. Mm-hmm. ¿Qué pasó? Nada. What happened? I just, this is, <laughs> sorry, there's something about this story that's really upsetting. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, let me see if I have some like, tissue somewhere. No, no. I, I this is not I'm what like journalists are supposed to do, by the way. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it totally is. Most of us don't even talk about it. We've learned to live with it. So, that was a lot. Yes. Um, you okay? I mean, I'm fine now, sitting in the studio with you, but in that moment, you know, I was thinking about my grandfather Mm -hmm. and how he fought for this country and he still gets treated like he doesn't belong here. And, you know, I've been talking a lot with my mom about my family history and just the history of our diaspora, you know, our family diaspora here to the United States. And Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to lose that history. I want to be able to pass those stories down to my kids one day, you know, if I have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And and I've been listening to a ton of Puerto Rican music, Gene. Old stuff from Hector Laveau, Mm. newer stuff from Calle Trece. And um, I know... I said I would never do this <laughs> because everyone loves this album and I don't like to be a bandwagoner um, and I have an unreasonable aversion to liking things everyone else likes. Mm-hmm. But um, it's Nelson Roman's fault, Gene. Okay. Uh, that Holyoke City Councilor, you know, mm-hmm. um, he just wouldn't stop talking about Lin-Manuel and Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Full soundtrack. Like, that's what I play all day, every day. It's what works for me. Play me your favorite song. Oh, my God. You just have to ask, and that's it. Love doesn't discriminate against the sinners and the saints. And it takes, and it takes, and it takes. And me keeps having it anyway. We rise and we crawl. Oh, goosebumps. I love this song. So that's the song giving Nelson life. And it's giving me life too, Gene. That song is... uh, It's on repeat. My grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher. Life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. And it takes and it takes and it takes. Anyway. I'm glad you went to this trip. (laughs) Seriously. Really? Yeah. Oh, you sound melancholy. That was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, right? Thank you for bearing your soul. (laughs) You're welcome. On that note. Yes. That is our show for this week. Please follow us on Twitter. We're at NPR Code Switch. We want to hear from you. Our email address is codeswitch at npr.org. Subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be found or streamed. Maria Paz Gutierrez and Sammy Yenigan produced this episode, and it was a hard one to produce, so props to them. And we had original music by Ramteen Arablui. And a big shout-out to the rest of the Code Switch family. Leah Danella, Karen Grisby-Bates, Kat Chow, Adrian Florido, and Walter Ray Watson. Our intern is George Encinas. Our editors are Neda Ulibi and Juleka Lantigua-Williams. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shireen Marisol Miraji. Be easy. Peace. All this month, we are asking you to tell a friend about a podcast you love. Got it? Now do it. Tell them about it in real life or on social media. And if they don't know about podcasts, show them how to do it. Tell us what you recommended with the hashtag TryPod. That's T-R-Y pod. Thanks for spreading the word.